Hello, everybody. Welcome to Keys Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in this series we're doing called You Have the Words, uh, You Have the Words of Life, part number 18. I like long series, <laughs> so <laughs> we just keep doing them long. Uh, three, three more on this one, I think. I finish at 21. That's where I think I wrap this one up. So um, what we're doing is we're looking at things that Jesus said couple of reasons. It's important to always think about what Jesus has said and, and how to apply that to our lives. Secondly, it's a little training tool um, that I think is very important. So I've been saying this every week, that you take a passage or two, a verse or two, and you consider it, you dwell on it, you think about it for a week or a day or a couple hours or whatever. But beyond just reading it, you kind of really process it. You ask God to help you. You've heard this now at least 18 times, 17 times if you've been here. Ask God to help you use your holy imaginations to really think about the scripture. And, and I think it's redemptive. You know, we, God gave us imagination. Um, God's creative and, and imaginative and we, we have that as well. Um, uh, unfortunately, we often use um, our imaginations for things that are not good. And this is an opportunity to redeem our imaginations for what they were intended. And, and um, this is a great exercise in, in asking God to help you think about it. What was going on? What was it like to have been there? What were, you know, what were the reactions possibly? And just kind of spend some time, um, you know, moving into the, the verses and then the, the Spirit of God who dwells in us illuminates the Scripture to us and it's a very powerful thing at that point. So um, we're looking at things that Jesus said and uh, today we're going to talk about uh, Jesus said that he came to testify to the truth. I want to talk about that a little bit in our time together today. But uh, that's the intro transition. There's usually a bad joke. I have a bad joke for you in just a moment but I have a couple of thoughts as well that... Uh, I just I thought I would toss out there before the bad joke. Now, I have a hard time deciphering the fine line between boredom and hunger. Just a thought. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else struggles with that, but this is this is something I've been thinking about. How many times is it appropriate to say what before you just nod and smile because you still didn't understand? Anybody else ever get there? Some <laughs> what? What? You can only do it a couple of times, then you have to go like, uh-huh. <laughs> and you hope it wasn't important, you know? And so, just a struggle. All right, that was good. So a couple of thoughts. So, so I do have, a, I have a, a, a really bad joke for you. It, it's about mufflers, but it's, it's really exhausting. That's all I had. Scripture reading. John 18, beginning in verse 28. Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid a ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not, would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. We have no right to execute anyone, the Jews objected. This happened so that the words of Jesus, uh, the words Jesus had spoken indicating the kind of death he was going to die would be fulfilled. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? 
Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, You are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Uh, well, let me finish. What is truth, Pilate asked? With this he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. Blessed be the word of the Lord. I really want to spend some time in those last couple of verses. Verse uh, 37 and 8. Uh, you're a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you're right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. For this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So it's that which Jesus is saying that I want us to kind of spend some time on. This is why I came, to testify the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Now, first point that I have in your notes is something that Pilate actually says, and uh, it's worth considering. What is truth? What is truth? Point number one in your notes. Now, in, in Pilate's case, this is just a flippant response. Um, uh, and and you, can, you can sort of get that out of the idea that he doesn't wait around for Jesus to respond to the question. He uh, just thinks there is no answer. Listening to the philosophers of his day, he's just, a, you know, come to the conclusion there is no answer. But this is still one of the biggest issues of our day. Can anybody really know truth? Is there one truth for me and a different truth for you? This is a, a fascinating subject that we have to think about as believers. Uh, a Barna research survey on what Americans believed, and, and, uh, and, and you know, Barna often you know, is, does surveys of the church, asked the question, is there absolute truth? 66% of the adults responded, they believe there is no such thing as absolute truth. Different people can define truth in conflicting ways and still be correct. 72% of people aged 18 to 25 expressed that belief. So there's been a huge shift in our culture from... Um, sort of believing in an absolute truth to now believing that there is no such thing as an absolute truth and that um, the culture now believes that all truth is relative um, and, and in the process of this change in our culture we've uh, unfortunately become very opposed to critical thinking and, and so what we've been taught by the culture is that rather than there being an absolute truth we can determine our own truth and everyone can have their own truth as well. And the sentiment is kind of like, well, what's true for you is good for you, but it's not true for me, but that's okay, because we can all have our own truth. The problem with that thinking is that it's not true, because there is an absolute truth in the world. And in fact, what Jesus says is that he's come to testify or bear witness to the truth. The word from which truth is translated means that which is accurate or true in any matter under consideration. If the opposite of that, which it is the opposite of that, which is feigned, fictitious, or false. The, the, the very definition of true is that it's going to be true for you, it's got to be true for me. It has to be true. Um, it, it, or it's not true. If it's not true in every circumstance, then it's not true. Um, for example, um, there's a, there's a thing known as gravity. Most of you know about gravity, right? Gravity exists whether you believe in it or not. Whether you accept it as a truth or not, it's true. Um, and you could quickly verify the fact that gravity exists by, by, you know, 
stepping off of something and seeing what happens, um, gravity will impact you. It has to. Um, but it impacts everybody. And so, so they're, they're, uh, we have to understand that, that even though we have totally been um, sort of moved into a direction of this idea of truth being relative, that there is an absolute truth. Uh, I, I love this. There's a quote that's attributed to Abraham Lincoln and, uh, about truth. And, and Lincoln asked his group, who was sort of, you know, giving him sort of a, an argument that was based on relative truth. He said, well, how many legs does a sheep have? They all answered four. And Lincoln reported have said, how many legs would a sheep have if you called its tail a leg? And they all quickly answered five. And Lincoln said, no, it would still only have four legs. Calling a tail a leg doesn't make it one. Um, but, but it's this kind of thinking that we have to be aware of as we engage and, and continue on in the process. And um, one of the things that we have to deal with as, as followers of Christ is that um, our culture often labels us as anti-intellectual, um, as though somehow we were very simple-minded uh, and we sort of added to that by saying things like faith isn't intended to be logical or don't try to understand with your mind, mind you just have to believe it and, and I would suggest to you this that the good news that we're messages of we're ambassadors for the message of the Bible the cross, salvation um, is sound it's consistent it's logical and it's true and, and I would suggest that to you not just because I say so or that other people say so, but because it's, it's real, it's knowable, it's something that you can understand in your mind. It's not a leap of faith into the unknown. It's logical, reasonable, consistent system of faith based on eyewitness testimony. Um, the, the gospel message that we share is at its core based on eyewitness testimony hundreds of eyewitnesses to the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Hundreds. And at the time of the writing of the New Testament, they were mostly still alive. So um, that's, that's an uh, approvable, investigatable fact, um, not just something that's chunked in there. You can, you, can, you can examine the evidence, you can find these things to be true. So people um, that believe that truth is relative and not absolute have a misunderstanding on the origin of truth because the origin of truth is in God and God is eternal and he doesn't change and in fact the, the idea of a relative truth contradicts itself um, be, because even making the statement that there is no absolute truth that everyone should believe is a contradiction because a statement that no statements that there are no statements that everyone should believe is a contradiction in and of itself and so there's, there's a driving force behind this, this type of relativism and, and the driving force behind it is the, is the very evil one that we talk about. Um, truth is found in, in Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and in direct contrast, all falsehood origin, originates in the enemy. The enemy is known as the father of lies. So, so as, as believers, we, we have to understand that this tension exists in the world around us. And we need to be careful that we're not sort of um, contributing to the idea that somehow God expects you to check your, door, you check your mind at the door when you come in to worship him, because he doesn't. And we'll talk about that more in a little bit. And in fact, it's this point, point number two, 
what we, what we need to do is we have to engage our minds in our relationship with God. You know, part of this whole process we've been talking about is me encouraging you to really spend time, you know, pressing into the Word. And I know I've talked about using your holy imagination, but, but in the process, the Spirit who leads us into truth will help illuminate the things that we're looking at to us. And so God Himself invites us um, into this, this, this type of reasoning relationship. Isaiah 1, verse 18. Come now, He says, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they're red as crimson, they shall be like wool. God, God wants us into this type of engagement in our minds with Him because He wants our minds to be a place of love for Him as well. He doesn't want us to check our minds at the door when we enter into His presence. He, he wants us fully involved, fully in, asking questions, seeking truth, seeking answers, um, uh, wrestling with the hard issues that were faced and, and you know, finding uh, answers in Him. So, so to engage with our minds, with God, we, we have to determine that we want truth and that we'll pursue truth, real truth. And, and the pursuit for us, you know, it's going to begin with the Bible. Um, and, and it sort of backs up some of the things I was talking about last week because I told you the importance of reading the Bible last week and in and, and, and thinking about it more, I wanted to, to tell you why it's so important. It's, it's because it's the foundation for us growing in truth. So, so we need to read it. We need to study it. We need to wrestle with it. We need to apply it. Because um, God wants to change us by, by His truth and the power of the Spirit as those things happen uh, together. And, and see, this, this, the world that we live in, the culture we live in, will, will say things to you that you need to um, be able to struggle against. Um, you know, often the, the, the culture will begin to tell people that they have no real value, that they don't count for anything, that they're just sort of the byproduct of some random accidents, that they're not good enough, that, uh, they, that, that you know, perhaps they're hopeless or unforgivable, that nobody really cares about them, you know, that the only, it's all about, you know, you have to do it yourself, it's all about you, you have to push ahead, you know, that, that that's all that matters, all those things. But, but here's something that God says about you in Ephesians 2.10. We're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God's workmanship. So that's what the Bible says about you. You're His workmanship. You're His creation. The, the word is like work of art. It's poema in the Greek. You're His poem. Um, this is an amazing um, scripture about your value, about your importance in the eyes of God. You count. You matter. Uh, you, you, you were divinely inspired and created by God. Um, he, he knows every hair on your head. He's with you. He's for you. Um, uh, he, he willingly went to the cross for you. He would have done it just for you. All these things are, are true and they make a difference in how we approach life. You will look at life completely differently if you understand your value, that you have value in God regardless of what anybody else has said, than you would if you think that perhaps you have no value, no purpose, no meaning, no mission, no nothing. Um, you, you, you look at life differently. And so, so we have a culture telling us one thing and we have the Bible telling us another. The question again is which is true? Now, um, I, I would suggest to you that you always want to choose the Bible over what the world has to say. But the question would come, well, how do you know that the Bible is true? How do we know that the Bible is true? Again, just because I say so, absolutely not. Um, because you have to accept it by faith, no, that's not the answer either. The reality that the Bible is true 
is again something that can be known by investigation. And people who, uh, you, you might encounter people like this, they say the Bible isn't reliable, it's filled with mistakes and inconsistencies, um, I, I, would, I would suggest they really haven't carefully investigated the Bible. Because if you engage your own minds and do your own investigation, there is more than enough evidence to prove the reliability of the Bible. More than enough. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people will just sort of settle for what they hear, and then they spout that back when they get a chance. And, and, and uh, this is something that we'll encounter as we go through. And, and I, I'm sure you already have. I, I encounter it all the time. People will say things to me um, about this or you know why they don't believe this or why they don't believe that or how can you believe this or how can you believe that or um, I never get a conversation I had one time with a guy who came and he said I love coming to the church but he said I just can't I can't really buy into the whole stuff that's going on with the stories in the Old Testament you know like the children's fantasies and stories he said do you do I have to believe all those things to come here I said of course not you can everybody's welcome here but I said, like, what? What is it that you struggle with? And he, you know, struggled with stories like Jonah um, and, and being swallowed by a fish. Uh, and, and that a lot of people get to that point where they, that, that just can't possibly happen. And it certainly can possibly happen. And if you investigate it, you can find stories of similar things happening. Um, so, um, and big fish that exist and all sorts of things that happen. Uh, and, and so it's not something you don't have to take as a story. And the, the reason I would say that... Um, uh, you know, you, you can begin to believe that is true, as Jesus certainly did, um, because he uses the story quite often. So, but, but further investigation in all those stories can, can get you enough evidence to settle them in your belief. And so, uh, if you don't yet believe the Bible is true, that's, that's fine. I want to encourage you to engage your minds and do your own investigation and plug away at it. Um, I do this all the time. I, you know, I, I will have something that, that, uh, that pops up that sort of unsettles me and I'll have to go, okay, I have to, I have to plug into that until I can find some peace in that process. And, and so, um, so I want to encourage you on those issues, you don't have to just say, well, you, you, you plug in, ask God to help you find out what, what you need to know. Um, one, one great, I, we put them out again today. The, this, um, Mike Edwards wrote that book, Gravity. We've been giving it away for a couple of years. Uh, he's here in the season and uh, he did a great series of, of classes this last year. We put them under, on the website under apologetics. There's some great videos there. But he talks about truth in there and uh, has some great evidence for um, what truth is and the Bible leading up to it. A great place to start your investigation. They're free if you'd like to take one. You certainly can. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to call to mind those verses I brought last week to you. 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man, woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So these are claims that the Bible makes about itself, and, and I would encourage you to uh, investigate them thoroughly in, until you're able to settle in the idea that the Bible is true and that, that we, can, we can trust it, we can count on it, and we can and read it and study it and apply it and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate it to us. And then a third thing is that we need to take every thought captive. 
um, take every thought captive. Engaging our minds in our relationship with God also includes dealing with lies and pretensions in the world around us. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so our culture now is filled with false truths, false truths, and they're just assumed to be true. And so we need to use our minds to constantly seek the truth and, and to be able to learn, to discern, uh, to tell the truth from error. And, and so this is what I would encourage you. When you encounter some idea or concept that competes with what you believe, don't close your mind to it. Ask Jesus to help you understand it. And he will, because he's truth. Because truth is as eternal as God himself. It's as absolute as God himself. Truth does not originate in man. It originates in God. He is the God of truth. And so, you know, I would just encourage you to, to, um, to investigate those things that you question. Um, God is big. He can handle it. Um, and that, you know, when, when, you, when something seems to shake some of those things, plug in deeper because the, there's, there's truth in there and it always leads you to, to him because he's the, the origin of truth. It will always take you right back to the Father at some point. Um, and, and so, you know, we don't, we don't need to be fearful. Uh, and, and those things that we don't quite comprehend, we can, we can continue to investigate and search and, um, you know, um, struggle. And, and know sometimes when people come after you and sort of begin to try and tear down some of your beliefs, um, sometimes they're very practiced in a certain area. And, and you may not be as uh, steady in that, you know, as, as maybe you haven't thought about that area yet. And don't let that that work you up. Like, I have some interesting lunches sometimes with Mike Edwards when he's here. Mike Edwards is always thinking about stuff, uh, the guy who wrote that book. And he'll say to me, well, how do you think about, how do you feel about this? And he'll toss something out there, and I'm like, I, and I've never thought about it. Well, he's been thinking about it for weeks. And so he's sort of got a jump on me, you know what I mean? And I'll, I'll kind of play around there for a little while, and I used to try, and then I used to say, well, let me think about it. Because <laughs> I need a chance to figure out where you're coming from. You've had plenty of time to think about it. Let me think about it. Uh, and and that, um, that's reasonable and, and, and worth it, and that we should. Uh, and so, you know, I, I just want to engage you again in, in the idea of thinking through things and, and uh, understanding that there's a lot of false stuff in our culture and that the enemy loves false stuff. He loves to twist things just a little. If you remember, you know, in the encounters he had with Jesus, he, he, when he was trying to tempt Jesus, he took truth and twisted it just a little because uh, he was using Scripture, twisted to try and get Jesus to, to succumb to temptation. And Jesus knew the truth, so he stood on it. But, but understand, it's these twists that we need to be aware of. And, and so, you know, dig in, investigate, pray, seek, but, but, uh, but know that God is the origin of truth and, and that your pursuit of truth will lead you to him. So I wanted to get that in there today. Something to think about and, and uh, hope that that's uh, helpful and, and will help you... Uh, as you continue on in your journey. That's enough for today. If you're watching my video, thanks for doing that. If you need prayer, go to our website. We'd be happy to pray for you. God bless you.